Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio, and as our esteemed announcer just said, we are your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Julie, welcome to today's show. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to be here. So guys, we've got a great show for you today, but before we get to today's topic, first of all, I want to touch on a couple things, and these are all under the uh, guise of showing gratitude. Number one, thank you for all of you, all the regular listeners especially, for making this the most listened to real estate-related radio show on on the internet. Um, I mean, we're getting back results from all the usual places that track all this stuff, and you know, you guys have helped to make us, and you know, about a year of doing this radio show consistently, um, the most listened to and the most downloaded real estate-related radio show that there is. So I want to sincerely thank you all for that. And, you know, it tells me that we're on target with the information that we're delivering to you, but it also tells me that it's timely and that you guys are looking for this type of information. And, uh, you know, I, I realize that what we say and maybe even how we say it isn't for everyone. You know, there's a lot of people out there that have their sacred cows that we regularly attack in real estate. In other words, a lot of the sort of old thinking about how to be successful in the real estate business, Julie and I are not going to uh, allow to stand any longer. Our intense, passionate focus is always going to be on the individual agent, and specifically the individual listing agent. And I'm here to tell you guys, and we've been telling you this now, you know, I don't even know how many shows we've done so far this year, but hundreds of shows. We've told you on every single radio show that you guys are going to see a huge division between the agents that know how to list homes and the agents that don't. You know, Normally, the argument goes between buyer's agents and listing agents. I'm not even going to say that. I'm going to say those who know how to list homes and have that as the key pillar, the most critical you know, uh, basic architecture in their business is being a listing agent and those who don't. And really, it's a skills thing, right? I mean, if you don't know how to be a listing agent, if your uh, revenue is not based on the number of listings and you knowing how to proactively go after listings, then chances are, and, and this is what is really critically important, you guys all listen to what I'm saying, chances are over the next couple of years you're going to be suffering needlessly. The market's shifting again. You guys are seeing that in your marketplace. No big surprise. Again, regular listeners, you know we warned you about this six months ago. So what are we seeing? More inventory. We're seeing more price reductions. We're seeing a lot of new construction coming for sale across the country. We're going to see that happen uh, you know, by a multitude of probably five or ten times starting in 2015. So all the trends now that you guys see – all the things that you're experiencing now and what basically is the fourth quarter of 2014, you're going to be seeing amplified through 2015. Listen to the interview that we did on Friday um, with the Realty Track guy. I mean, listen to the interview we did with the chief economist from Realtor.com. And by the way, he's going to be returning. He's going to be a regular guest uh, once a month probably to give us an update what's going on in housing from their perspective. Listen to what everyone is 
saying and plan accordingly. Guys, there's going to be more inventory. The days in the market are going to take longer. There's going to be more stuff from buyers to choose from. But, you know, that in itself is a mixed blessing because buyers are going to be overwhelmed with options. So in your mind, you need to realize that your next year, your 2015, essentially begins this week. Uh, again, that's a really critical thing that you guys just accept. You need to start putting your mind in a place where you can start building inventory, collecting leads, generating momentum now so that when you roll into 2015, the wind is at your back opposed to the wind pushing you back on your heels. So keep these things in mind. And as always, if there's anything we can do for you guys, make sure you request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Um, and a special shout-out for the literally hundreds of you that joined Real Estate Coaching Essentials this past month. And as our, I guess you'd call it our most affordable coaching program. You know, um, all of you guys that are piling in now, I know why you're doing it, because a lot of you have been listening to the radio show. A lot of you are realizing frankly, what an incredible value Real Estate Coaching Essentials is, and you're realizing that, yeah, this is an education and a skills-based market. The days of buying leads, the days of being able to you know, count on bought leads, especially bought buyer leads from Zillow, Trillia, and all the others, they're coming to an end. And I would suggest to you that they're going to come to an end similar, in a similar fashion to hitting a brick wall at a high speed in a car, not a pleasant ending. So, with that in mind, you guys either accept the fact that this is a skills-based market that we're headed into, or you're, again, going to pay the price for it. Real Estate Coaching Essentials is a great place to start, and frankly, it's even a great coaching program for those of you who are uh, many years into your career who need to get into, uh, you know, it's funny, I'm thinking about some of the free coaching calls I've been doing lately, where a lot of them have been sort of what you call sort of seasoned, grizzled agents, and they're wanting to mm -hmm. sort of rekindle their base skills. Have you been experiencing that, Julie? Absolutely. They oftentimes will say things like, fill in my educational gaps. Uh, I hear, quote, I want to do it right this time around, post-recession. Mm -hmm. I think that that really pointed out a lot of things for a lot of agents that, hey, you know, if I had had these things systematized or if I really knew how to be a listing agent, my butt wouldn't have been kicked as badly during the change in the market. So whether you're a grizzled veteran or you're what we lovingly call our newbies, the things that you need to know how to do to not just survive in real estate. You didn't sign up with your license to survive. You signed up to thrive and have the lifestyle of your dreams, and there's no reason that you can't do that except for lack of skill, which is curable. So, Julie, the topic today is are you too busy to succeed? Because that's, again, something we hear constantly from you guys. I'm just too busy. Too busy. Isn't that yep. something you say to yourselves, I'm just too busy? So, you know, Julie, how does that manifest itself when an agent believes that they're too busy? Well, you know, the first thing is to actually identify, are you productive? Is that what you meant? Or are you busy, as in you've got a lot of things going on? You know, it manifests itself in poor time management, poor lead follow-up, not making the money that you should be making for yourself and your family. So even though being really busy, busy, busy sounds like you're doing something, the question is, are you being productive? You know, it's an interesting psychological thing. And, guys, we've got six great points that we're going to share with you. But it's interesting when someone says they're too busy, don't you think that in a lot of ways that's just basically excuse-making? In other words, doesn't that sort of ring the same you know, tone as someone who's basically just trying to rationalize away doing the stuff that makes them the most uncomfortable? Definitely. I mean, you must that's agree. what it gets down yeah. to, right? I mean, but anything yeah, you want I mean, to add to that? Because that's, that's what we see well, constantly, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so when I do this on coaching calls, I usually say, all right, let's look at what you're actually doing 
when you're saying that you are busy. And then we look at the list and we, we see whether, you know, any of that falls into the very basic six particular things that actually lead to a paycheck. There's a whole lot in real estate that makes you look busy, that makes you look like you are, quote, at work. But does that actually lead you to a paycheck? So well, I think we've got some really great points here. Should we just jump right in or do we need a commercial? Let's take a quick commercial break because I need to top off my cup of coffee. Ah, perfect. <laughs> okay, so Good a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about these six great points. And again, guys, remember, I really appreciate the fact that so many of you are sharing the replays of these radio shows with other agents. That's fantastic. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, six great points on are you too busy to succeed? Julie, I don't think the commercial is going to play, so we're just going to jump right in. Sounds good to me. <laughs> okay, good. All right, so let's right. talk about point number one. Perfect. So point number one, again, the topic, are you... Okay. According to the National Association of Realtors, only 10% of agents complete an amazing 90% of all transactions because they have a coach. If you want the production and performance that comes with being a top producer, then you need one too. Not just any coach, but the leaders in coaching today, Tim and Julie Harris. Don't just take our word for it. Listen to what HGTV star and Atlanta top producer Colette McDonald has to say. Hi, my name is Colette McDonald, and I'm with Remax in Atlanta, Georgia. I just wanted to take a moment and give a shout out to Tim and Julie Harris. I've been a coaching client of theirs for the last four years. When I first started in this business 12 years ago, I was very successful, did a great amount of business, averaged between eight and 10 million a year. When I contracted with Tim and Julie to be my graduate level coaches, my production increased by 20% per year. I am now trending 30 million this year. That's amazing results over four years of working with Tim and Julie Harris. I highly recommend them. Tiger Woods has a coach. And why does he have a coach? Because he can't see his swing. If you do what they tell you to, you will see huge results. I am living proof. Only Tim and Julie Harris provide powerful one-on-one -on -one coaching along with all the lead generation systems, scripts, presentations, team building, and business planning tools you need to dominate your real estate market. We offer affordable pricing with no long-term contracts, and our entire coaching staff are trained professional agents with top producing track records. Take action now and visit us online at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to schedule your free coaching call. There's no risk, no obligation, just a free, personal, one-on-one -on -one call with a trained professional coach. Join the elite 10% of agents who make all the difference in today's market. Visit freecoachingcallsforagents.com to get started. Again, that's freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Okay, we're back. Julie, point number one. And remember, guys, the topic of today's radio show is simple. Is simply, are you too busy to succeed? Go ahead, Jules. Point number one, and these are suggestions to actually stay efficient, productive, and on target, not to just be busy, busy, busy. Point number one, have a daily, weekly, and a yearly plan. Working without a strategy and without a plan is like sailing a boat without a keel and a map. So suggestions for you are to maintain your daily minimum standards. Sometimes it's too much to look at a yearly plan or even a quarterly plan. 
We want to make sure that you're following daily minimum standards in your business. You certainly do it, hopefully, in your, you know, your personal life. A daily, an easy daily minimum standard is something as simple as brushing your teeth, getting out of bed at some time, you know, normal in the morning. You have daily minimum standards without even knowing it, but you've got to apply that in your business life. A daily minimum standard for your business might be never ending the day with leads you haven't followed up on. Well, exactly. A daily minimum standard could be, for example, making X number of contacts per your business plan. A daily minimum standard can be exercising for you know however long your business plan and your personal plan calls for. The point is, guys, is have three to five things. That's much more than that. It's just too hard to keep track of things that you're going to do every single day, no matter what. You know, what is it that you're committed to? Julie mentioned brushing your teeth. Hopefully, that's one of those things. So what is it that you're are, <laughs> scraping the bottom Hopefully, there. I said right. I said hopefully. <laughs> yeah. So what is what are the three to five things that you know that if you did every single day, that the accumulated effect of having done those things every single day over say 30 days, what what will be those things that you get the most bang for your buck? In real estate, it's really quite simple. We're going to talk about those uh, five to six things here in a second. But the bottom line, guys is, you know, if you're telling yourself, I'm just too busy, 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 you know, the people who always say, this is an interesting thought for you, the agents who always complain, especially on free coaching calls, that they're too busy are always the ones that are making the least amount of money and struggling the worst financially. It's true. Right? It is. Mm -hmm. It's true, isn't it? Isn't that weird, Julie? I know, it is weird. And they always seem the most scattered and the worst time managers, but they claim that they're super busy and that's why they can't do other stuff, which points directly at it being quite obviously an excuse. Well, I'm, exactly. And I'm going to go back to the premise that saying you're too busy, all that really is is a nice politically correct, widely accepted sort of oh, poor you type thing that people use, agents use, well, everyone in our society uses anymore. So they have a excuse not to do the things that they, you know, really dread doing. What do you, you know, just to really put an, under, uh, an underline under that thought, what are the things that you neglect. Let's think about these things. Let's see, exercise. Let's see, what other things? Maybe some budgeting stuff, some money stuff. Um, you price know, you make the list. Talking to your exactly. listings. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Price reductions on your listings, uh, doing lead generation, uh, outbound you know, calls, uh, doing lead follow-up. You know, if you write down all the things that you're uh, too busy to do or the things that don't get done, isn't it ironic that those are the very things that you guys need to do to really – you know, become the peak you, the peak you financially, the, the best version of you, you know, happens through doing the things that you're trying to avoid. So the thought is, whatever you're avoiding the most is where your growth needs to be. So whatever it is that you're avoiding and everyone's avoiding, you know, make a list and just be honest with yourself. And if you're saying, oh, Tim, I'm not avoiding anything, as I know some of you mm -hmm. are saying right now, I'm going to challenge you on that. And I'm going to say, okay, then tell me this, what is it that you're too busy to do that's not getting done? Those are the things you're avoiding. All it is, guys, is good old-fashioned being lazy. Oh, there's that word. Nobody likes to be called lazy. But if you say, okay, I'm being lazy about exercise, that's really right, cutting it right to it. No one wants to be called lazy, so you know, you're probably going to put yourself in action as fast as possible so you can shed the label of, of lazy. You see how this all works, guys? 99.9% .9 of the success that you will or won't experience in your life has to do with your thinking, how you actually approach the day, what you allow yourself to do. Nobody, is, and if there's not an elephant sitting on you right now, hopefully, that's preventing you from actually doing the things necessary for you to become successful. So embrace the fact, guys, 
that you know, if you're claiming to be too busy to get the most important things done, all that is is making an excuse. Point number two, Julie. Exactly. So point number two, actually monitor what you do. Keep an activity journal. It may be tedious but revealing. Realize the fact is most people only do the work, especially in real estate, that leads to, your, to a paycheck for about 45 minutes per day. And some of you guys don't even do that every day. The rest is just being busy. So we keep referring back to these things, Tim. What makes you money in real estate? Should we do the quick list of six things that lead to a paycheck? I think that's coming up, by the way. So we can hold off ah, on that. But I'll tell you how deep. this point – How the, I think it's point number uh, – uh, next point, actually, or the point after that. Yes, it's gotcha. point number four, Julie. So, guys, listen. Here's a fact, okay? Um, if you are falling prey to your own you know, BS about being too busy, or if you're an office manager, if you're a broker, if you're – you know what? Here's an idea. If you're a parent <laughs> and your kids mm-hmm. or your spouse – are using the excuse of being too busy. It doesn't matter. And maybe you're going to be a little doing a little self-coaching and you're going to be introspective and try to help yourself around this. Here's what you need to do. And I've done this before with myself and it's very revealing. You know, I consider myself to be highly productive and getting a lot done and blah 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 blah. But when I see my own to-do list getting too long and I'm asking myself, okay, so what is taking priority over the things that I had written down as a priority? Then I just start keeping a journal of every half hour, I'll write down what I did the previous half hour. You know, not what I think I did or told myself I did at the end of the day, but what I actually did. And I literally, and guys, this is a great exercise for all of you. Have a piece of paper. Take it with you. doesn't matter how you journal this, but keep track of where you're spending your time. Do it over a week. You know, frankly, it's going to be most revealing if you do it over a month, but if you do it over a week, that's fantastic. And then go through... Those, the whole you know, amount of time you spend on all these different activities and ask yourself, you know, which of those things could you have delegated, and which we're going to talk about in a second, which of those things that you, did you absolutely have to do yourself? And of all the things that you did do that you couldn't have delegated, which of those things would have resulted in you essentially putting yourself in a position to help folks and make money? In other words, and Julie, those points are, All right, those things that put you in the position to actually make money are, number one, generating the lead in the first place, sometimes called prospecting, but at least call it lead generation. Assuming that you generated the lead, that leads to number two, lead follow-up. Then you have to pre-qualify your sellers and your buyers. You're presenting, that's a listing presentation or presenting property to buyers, negotiating and closing. That's it. That's the only stuff that actually makes you money in real estate. Point number three. That's right. Point number three. Love okay. less, right? Love less and practice the daily brain dump. Julie, you want to do that one? Yeah, that's huge. And I've had a lot of our private coaching clients tell both you and I that the, the daily brain dump is one of the most significant things that has helped them not feel so overwhelmed and busy like they can't do the things that are most important. Well, what's the brain dump? You simply take out a legal pad and a pen and you write down everything that's on your brain. Ideally, you're doing this before you go to sleep because that's the kind of stuff that keeps you up at night. It doesn't have to be in any specific order. Just write it down. It could be personal. It could be business. It could be all kinds of different things. But you're literally dumping the junk out of your brain. Then in the morning, you can look at the list. Star next to anything that leads to dollar productive activity, to making you a paycheck, and prioritize that. It's amazing how many things end up on the brain dump list that either can be delegated or 
just aren't important. It was just floating around in your brain making you feel busy but not making you productive. So basically, it's a mental cleanse that you should do every single day of uh, – you know, essentially let uh, loosening the burden of your brain of all these to-dos, you know. And the first, if you've not done this exercise before, as Julius described it, it really is very revealing. All the things that are bouncing around in the recesses of your brain that are taking the space of things that will, uh, you know, if you remove the lists and the random pieces of whatnot that are floating around in your head, you put them all on a piece of paper, you know they're there, you give yourself permission not to think about them again, then you just will have all this free mental energy to realize how much time you actually had in the day to focus on the things that we're going to put you in a position to help folks, and we're going to put you in a position to make money. You guys get it? So again, the I'm too busy is an excuse. It just is. If you use just a couple of the tools that we've given you so far, you are going to find that your day will become totally focused on the mindset of service and almost magically, your income will go through the roof. Okay, again, just to re, uh, remind you guys, the, the, the successful mindset is how can I be of service to you? You've heard that before from you know, other folks. You've maybe even said it yourself, but has it resonated with you? Has it actually hit home with you? Has it become part of your DNA yet? How can I be of service so here's how you guys can kind of put yourself in a mental place of not just saying the words, but of feeling the feelings. If you right now are hesitating to call somebody, and it could be like your biggest, baddest past client, the seller that always sounds like they're eating bones in the background, you know, it doesn't matter. Whoever it is that you're resisting calling, okay? Now, I, you know, everyone's got people like that. They just would assume not have to deal with anymore. Here is the mental little mindset shift, opposed to thinking about what you're thinking about now and feeling the feelings that you're feeling now, opposed to allowing those uh, thoughts, those negative energy-related you know, related thoughts to create more procrastination, why don't you instead replace all that with, how can I help this person? Literally just you know, say it, think it, feel it. Start with a feeling at first because that's where the significant change happens. How can I help this person? You know, this person's probably acting gruff like they are because they really need help because they're nervous because they're scared. So how can I help this person? What can I do or say? How can I listen and really truly be of service? What questions do I need to ask this person to help them through this problem? Because that's probably the reason that they're acting the, uh, the way towards me that they are. So if you guys work through, in your minds, if you work through all of this and you actually think it out and you write down my highest and best use, it's to be of service to other people. You know, my true mission in life is to be of service to other people. And you live that. Start with the words. And eventually, if you do it enough times, the feelings will follow. Because people can feel when you're being sincere about wanting to help them. You know, stop there for a second. Can you remember the last time that you were communicating with somebody where you actually felt that they were sincerely trying to help you? It used to be you could go to your local doctor you know, maybe some of you still have doctors like that. But anymore, aren't you already always feeling the doctor's just trying to burn through their checklist and go to the next patient because for whatever reason they have forgotten the idea of really, you know, being there to be attentive? Not all doctors are like that, but most of them. Do you guys remember it wasn't even 20 years ago when you would go to virtually anybody that was providing a service for you and you really got the distinct feeling that they really were there to help you? Okay, so when was the last time you felt that way towards anybody? 
it's amazing how infrequently we get that uh, level of service, even that level of relationship with our friends and family members. Isn't it interesting? Haven't you noticed how when you're talking with somebody, you can sort of just get this tension in the conversation where they're just so anxious to say what they want to say or talk about themselves? You're probably guilty of that yourself. So here's the thought. When you're communicating with someone, be present with that someone. Be focusing and listening. Don't just be thinking about what you're going to say next. Listen for the nuances in their voice. Think about what it must feel like to be them. Think about the frustrations and the pressures and the stresses. You don't have to internalize it. I'm not asking you guys to assume their problems. But what I'm suggesting is that you have compassion for where they're coming from because when you do, you will listen using a higher self. Your energy will come from a true part of your soul okay, that is there, that is designed to be of service to other people. They will feel that. You will resonate with them like nobody ever has before or no one has for a long period of time. Probably not even their mothers listen to them anymore. You know what I'm saying? Right. So if you become the person that's very effective at asking questions and listening and being of service and truly living a life of service, I'm telling you guys, there will be a limitless amount of opportunity that will come your way to help more people. And obviously, the more folks you can help at the highest level, the more money you will make. So hopefully you guys are getting that. If not, just write down the thought, how can I help you? How can I be of service to you? And you'll be surprised once you start saying the words enough times, it becomes an affirmation, and that affirmation actually becomes a way you do business. So, Julie, the next point that we wrote down is uh, delegate. That's right. All of your best daily energies on those five or six things that we listed, lead generation, lead follow-up, pre-qual, present, negotiate, and close – Focus all of your best energy on those things and delegate anything or work towards being able to delegate anything that is not on that list. And that goes everywhere from housework to, you know, delegate the pre-qualification financially of your buyers. Some of you guys kind of dabble in trying to pre-qualify your own buyers and then you get mad when they don't actually buy. Delegate the real I mean, they're going to have to do it anyway. So some of this is personal, some of it is business. And Tim, i got to say, a lot of my coaching clients, you know, they have families. Some of, I've got three or four people that have more than seven kids. And, you know, just the daily household responsibilities can bunch up on them. It's important stuff. But i got to tell you, they stay real motivated knowing that they one day, if they haven't already, will be able to delegate the house cleaning, the cooking, the landscaping, the mowing of the lawn. I mean, that's very freeing, and it doesn't take that much additional income to free you up so that you can focus on actually being in front of people, helping them, doing your job, which you get paid for. You know, Julie, it really always does come back to the same thing of basically being of service, of wanting to sincerely help other people. Well, people it's think so much I, easier. I think, <laughs> well, it is, but I honestly think that the reason that people resist that, because I'm not saying anything they don't already feel, I think the reason they resist that is because they're worried about leaving too much on the field. In other words, that if they basically become someone who lives a life of service and that truly is who they are, I think they're worried that there's not going to be enough left over for themselves. There has to be some yeah. ego mechanism going on with this. But the reality mm-hmm. of it is the exact opposite is true. I mean, when you're sincerely trying to help people, you know, you feel more fulfilled. You feel, feel more alive. You feel more connected. You feel more of everything that you want to feel. The self-protected, you know, wall up, doesn't want to be a service, trying to hide from people. I mean, Julie and I went to the Austin Zoo yesterday. It's a nice little quaint zoo. We'll just leave it at that. 
And uh, we took, you know, we took lovely Zoe Grace and my mom, and you know, so we went to the zoo, and it was a lot of fun. But I noticed that every time one of the volunteers would appear, and you'd ask them a question, there was this huge old tortoise, and one of the volunteers was petting under his chin. And as soon as we walked around the corner, and I had a chance to, you know, ask how old the tortoise was, I noticed that she quickly, basically, got up and walked away. And that happened yeah. several other times. So those those folks that were volunteers, they were basically trying to avoid human interaction. I thought to myself after that. You know, if they had just been mildly chatty, a little bit helpful, and not trying to just go and hide, how much better of an experience that would have been, how much more of an experience that would have been where, you know, it would have totally and completely changed the context of going to the zoo. I mean, the zoo was, like I said, a nice little quaint zoo kind of out in the middle of nowhere. You know, not a real zoo in big city sense, not like our old Columbus Zoo, for example. You know, but it was there. But still, the people there, they weren't wanting to engage with other people, and it sort of felt that way. Does that make sense to you guys? So, you know, is that the feeling that people get when they're around you, that you're just there kind of trying to hide or just put in your time? Or, you know, as soon as you basically they ask you a question, you know you're going to kind of evade the question. It's kind of an interesting experience. And, you guys, to really have this stuff hit home for you, related to your own experiences, like I just told you our experience of going to the zoo, think about in your life – you know, where you've had similar experiences, that way you can kind of, you know, check your own behavior against some of the things that Julie and I are talking about. So the delegation thing is interesting, Julie. So what's the word you and I always argue about? Delegate, but don't... Don't abdicate. That's right. So what does that mean? <laughs> don't cover up. Don't, uh, you know, I, I, I call it seagull management, right, where you just kind of fly by and poop out some tasks for other people and then maybe you remember what they're supposed to do or not. That's not what we're talking about here, guys. We're talking about actually focusing in on what you should be doing, what you can delegate, and managing the whole thing. But with the override of always being of service to others, it's so much easier and it's so much more clear if you lead with that thought. You know, Tim, I yeah. was thinking I'm reading, I'm reading that book about the uh, Biltmore. I love reading about historic homes. And, and the guy that restored that, you know, he said he wants the guest experiences. Yeah, you're just going to basically what feels like a national park and you're walking through the grounds. But you know, Julie, him, you're, assuming, to, you're assuming these guys know what the Biltmore is. If they're not from the East Coast, they don't know what the Biltmore is. So tell them real quick what the Biltmore is. Well, so the Biltmore Estate is the largest privately owned home in the entire country, and it has been since about 1930. And now it's open to the public, and it's an amazing, beautiful – it's almost like an American castle – but it had to be restored. So the the uh, guy that restored it is one of the heirs to the property. But you can imagine. Vanderbilt. I, I think it's Vanderbilt, and it's like 12,000 yep. acres or something crazy. Well, he said he didn't want it to just be like any other tour of an old home. He wanted it to be a star resort feeling. And one of the things he had to do to restore it was have a very expensive purchase price for the tickets. But in exchange for that, he said he never wanted anybody to walk away without being thrilled by the experience. And having been there, you and I have been there, I think, twice, it, you know, it really, the tours that they do, the condition that it's in, having people to talk to, their heart is really in it. And you can totally well, tell it how to do. What does this have to do with delegation? It has everything to do with delegation. Because what a lot of agents do is they'll have an assistant that they'll dump some project on and they don't micromanage. Yeah. So you guys are believing that micromanaging is bad. But I'm here to tell you that anybody who's successful in any industry – is a huge micromanager. So, yeah, you guys micromanage. When you delegate something, you have to hold that person accountable to getting it done. Delegating isn't just giving a list of shit to your assistant and say, get it done. It's getting the, uh, giving the assistant a list 
and then asking for some sort of accountability that goes along with getting those things done. Okay, that's the way you actually form a business and you become successful in any industry. Point number five, and I'll read the topic and you can read the or the, the subject sure. and you read the uh, content. Um, make self-imposed deadlines. Make self-imposed deadlines. That's right. Did you realize that in football, most of the points get scored in the fourth quarter? Why? Because time is running out. Deadlines create a sense of urgency. Another way to look at this is how you operate when you've got a plane to catch tomorrow afternoon. You guys are all miraculously productive when you have travel coming up. It's amazing to see. <laughs> You're on time for your coaching calls. You've got a list of things that you've got to resolve. You've got to sort out your time management and your task list, and you've got a listing appointment to go on, and gosh, you've got a closing before you leave on the plane tomorrow. And you guys all get it done. It's amazing. So knowing that that works actually create self-imposed deadlines and work from that deadline, and you'll be amazed at how much more productivity you have by actually imposing that deadline upon yourself. Knowing that the mindset is the key thing here when it comes to basically, you know, getting rid of the uh, the success-killing excuse of I'm too busy, knowing that what goes on between your ears is really what we're addressing on today's radio show, and by the way, probably 50% of the things that we'll ever talk about when you guys hire us to be your coaches. So the next point is so critical, and it's point number six, have a media-free life. Now, I'm going to tell you guys a true story. I did not know what ISIS was until last week. Okay, I just didn't know. And then one of my coaching clients brings it up. I didn't know anything about all the you know, topic de jours on the various news channels. Julie and I don't watch the news. Matter of fact, we don't have a TV in our house. We don't. We have a media room with a projector, but we don't watch TV on it. We just watch movies on it. We literally are almost, I'd say, 99% unplugged from media. We don't watch the TV. We don't listen to any sort of talk radio. We don't. Uh, read the newspaper, you know, if you guys remember what a newspaper was, we don't engage whatsoever in the crapola that is called news. When we were growing up, news was great. Guys, remember uh, Walter Cronkite? Okay, when Walter Cronkite came on the TV, uh, you listened, right? Everyone kind of watched Walter Cronkite because you knew he was going to be honest. And now what do you have? All the crap that's on TV is just sensationalism just garbage to basically try to get you to think one way or the other. Very, very rarely are they conveying anything of value. So what I would suggest to all of you guys, knowing that basically at the end of the day, this is a mindset game. You win or lose based on your thoughts. That if you're finding yourself feeling too busy and not getting the things done that you know to do, that you need to do so you can focus your best energies on being of service to other people, you can focus your energies on being of service to other people. As a result, that will make you a lot more money. You need to seriously consider completely purging all forms of media from your life. And that means things like, you know, even your email. Don't check your email until the most important thing's done. Your three to five da uh, daily minimum standards are done every single day. Unplug. You will miss nothing. Now, for every one of my personal coaching students I've ever had to do this, A, not one of them did it easily. Every one of them put it off because they are addicted to the news. They're addicted to the adrenaline rush. You know, we've talked about this on the radio show before. After September 11th, when every bit of news became breaking news, you know, every bit of news became urgent news, our, something in our brains got rewired so that now a fear mechanism kicks in place, and we all sort of, oh, my God, what's happening now, right? So a lot of agents, a lot of people, unfortunately, you know, most of our country, is still in that realm. We're all sitting around waiting for the other shoe to drop, 
and the media knows it. They know it. They know if they basically dramatize the stupidest thing that you guys will watch it, and then you'll watch the ads, and then they'll make more money. News is not news anymore. It's complete garbage. Now, some of you may have found great places online, like hopefully this radio show, to get the information that you need. You may have found alternative sources to provide the information that's important to you. But I'm here to tell you, if you go completely media-free, you know, if you completely allow yourself to purge of all the garbage, after about a week, you will feel, now the first few days, you're going to go through withdrawal. Oh, my God, what's happening? Oh, my God, what's going on? Oh, my God, what's the breaking news? Literally, you'll find yourself looking for it. You know, you're jonesing for the, that little adrenal hit. The little whatever that happens in our brains when we get that little you know, bit of urgent Mickey Mouse news. But when you unplug from that, there's going to be some withdrawal, just like if you got off coffee. you know. And then after that, you're going to feel sensational. It will take some of you seven days. Others of you, it will take 24 hours. Some of you, it will take a month. But when you do this, you're going to feel better about life. You're going to realize that all that media was actually making you pessimistic it was making you probably a negative person. It was making you full of fear. It was making you always see the dark side, not really seeing life for what an incredible blessing it is. That's because of the crap that you're allowing into your head. So point number six, have a media-free life. Start out with having a media-free morning, then have a media-free evening, and then get rid of all of it. If anything important happens, if, which you know, occasionally something important happens, if something important happens, I promise you, you will not be able to hide from it. Someone's going to tell you. So anytime anything really critical comes up, someone's going to tell you. Count on that to happen. But other than that, you really don't need to be watching the news for anything else because it has nothing to do with you. The daily ups and downs of the stock market, who cares? Even the direction of the housing market, who cares? The direction of interest rates, who cares? I mean, all these things do have a bearing on your business. But the fact is, is you can make money – regardless of what direction the markets are going. You know, a lot of you made fortunes during the distressed market. Now you're searching for what's next. A lot of you suffered during the distressed market. Now you're, you know, rejoicing the fact that we have some return to some resemblance of normalcy in the housing market. No matter where you are, realize you can always be of service to folks because there will always be people that need your help. Guys, these are some very critical things that you need to really internalize. You need to really ask yourself, you know, are you guilty of anything? So a quick rundown of the points. Have a daily, weekly, and yearly plan. Number one, you know, we talked about daily minimum standards. And those of you who are in our coaching program, get your business plan done. Real Estate Treasure Map is the name of the business plan. Point number two, monitor what you do. Keep a daily activity journal, right? Write down what you're doing in half-hour blocks. After you've done it, write it down. So in this last half hour, you are probably going on a walk or driving your car or whatever you were doing. Write it down that you listen to Tim and Julie, and you've done whatever you did. Number three, love lists and practice the daily brain dump. We talked about that. Write down at the end of the day everything that's on your mind, and then clear your brain of that so you can have a restful night's sleep. And in the morning, you need to go through that list of do it, delegate it, or ditch it. And remember, focus on the things that are going to put you, uh, put you in a place of being of service and helping others. Next point was delegating. Okay, Going back to the previous point, I think we talked about that. Point number five, self-imposed deadlines. You know, remember most, in most football games, all the points are scored in the fourth quarter. It's because they know the game's almost over. So if you have self-imposed deadlines, you're going to do what matters most every single day by, say, 1 o'clock. Chances are you will get all those things done. And point number six, have a media-free life. Give yourself a break. You've got enough going on. 
Allow yourself the opportunity to refocus on what matters most to you by removing the crap that's basically been taking its space in your mind and in your life. If there's anything we can do for you, what do you do? You go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.